Hello, everyone. This is your host, John Hagedorn. There's a place in everybody's mind where you can go to take a break from the worries of everyday life and work. It's not always easy to find that place. Most of us don't have a name for it, but it's there. You might be driving coast to coast solo or staying up late at night hoping for sleep, and all you want to do is to find a place where you can tune in something interesting and tune out all the clutter that's going on in your mind. Getting into a good story is a good way to find that place. I'm a curator of all types of stories, many of which I narrate for my 1001 Stories Network shows. I'm also a connoisseur of vintage radio shows, mostly from the 50s, before television took hold and took imagination and great script writing out of the picture. I've created a place you can go to any time you need a great story, and it's called 1001 Stories from Roy's Diner, or simply Roy's Diner. It's just up ahead on the right. On the menu tonight at Roy's Diner, the very best of 50s vintage suspense, thriller, and sci-fi radio episodes. We're inviting you to stop in for a story or two. The coffee here is free. And now, our story. You are, you Jeremy. Sure is foggy, ain't it? Come in now, son. I can't see you. You you, you better come a little bit closer. Don't worry. I I ain't no Dermy. No one but a crazy Dermy be fool enough to make that much noise. No, I'm just singing to keep myself company. Past caring about the plague. I'm headed north where there's people. And if some Dermy happens to hear me singing, well, I'll just tell him to join on in. So. Well, what's the use of being healthy if you're alone? Okay, old man, that's far enough. Hold out your hands where I can take a look at them. Now, palms up. Okay. But keep your distance. Now, 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 see? Told you I wasn't no dermy. You know that doesn't prove anything. You could still have been touched on your back or, or your legs, and the grunge just hasn't made it to your hands yet. No, no, no. I told you. Hold it! If you want to live, stay put. Okay, sonny, okay. I, I ain't going to touch it. You're traveling south. Aiming to scrounge in Houston, are you? Yeah. I think your people got out so fast, they must have left plenty of canned goods and stuff behind. You must have come through there. Anything left? Well, there's a mite here and there. Of course, of course, you ain't the first to figure that way, you know. You mean... A lot of people coming back? Oh, no, not a lot. Rough characters, mostly. They'll shoot first, then see if you was a dermot. I just thought I'd warn you about it. Thanks, old man. Don't mention it. Been good to talk with somebody beside myself for a change. Sorry I had to keep the gun on you. You're free to go on. Well, that's okay, young fella. You want to stay healthy, you, you've got to be real careful now. Good luck. You too, old man.
it is fall. Solitary drifters wander abandoned highways, fearful of contact, suspicious of all. Strangers, friends, lovers, anyone can be a carrier. The disease, contagious lunacy, the gray plague, an alien pestilence, neuroderm. Six months. Six months ago, it began on a spring evening, rich with friendship and laughter. Look, a fallen star. Make a wish. Beautiful. <laughs> Night beauty, the final blazing glory of a star thing, the end of a journey, and the beginning of Earth's dark benediction. Sci-Fi Radio presents an adaptation of Walter M. Miller Jr.'s Dark Benediction. Paul, you lucky dog. This house is still locked. Could still be some food inside. Not too anxious now. Take it slow. Hallelujah, brother. You've hit the mother load. Look at this stuff. Tomatoes, yams, tuna, beets. Beets. Put that at the back. Chili. Mm, chili. Oh, oh, heaven. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, you smell so, so. Oh, I've got to touch you. Oh, you can't imagine. Stop. Let me touch you. Just a touch. If you knew how wonderful. I'll shoot. I won't hurt you. Get back. I'll shoot. I, I really will. You're trapped. Stay back. Don't touch me. No, come back. Damn that dermy girl. I needed that food. Nothing to eat in these warehouses. Drop the shotgun, Dermy. Careful. Get your hands behind your head. Okay, you can turn around. Spread them, boys. What? Shut up, Dermy. Put your feet in these ropes. I'm no Dermy. Remains to be seen. Not do it. Why? Because I'll shoot you if you don't. That's better. Pull them tight, boys. Strip to the skin, kid. Shirt first, and we'll check your chest. Satisfied. The top looks okay. Show me your hands. Spread your fingers. Okay, Joe, give him some slack, but no quick moves, kid, understand? Yeah, yeah. Now your pants. Shorts, too. What the hell? You heard me. Drop them. Get those shoes and socks off, too. You done, damn it. Now give me back my freaking clothes before I freeze to death. In time, in time. Let me see the soles of your feet. Spread your toes. Okay. Looks clean. Jim, drag his clothes down to the sewer and pitch him in. No! Joe, give him a proby outfit from your pack. What the hell's going on? You pass, kid. You're a proby. Yeah, catch. The red shirt means you're a newcomer. You're on probation for two weeks. If you stay in Houston, you'll get another exam then. If you don't show up with the plague, you can join our outfit. 
What's the outfit? What if I don't want to join? You'll have to join if you stay. The outfit just started. School teacher named George L. set it up. We keep the dermies out. We control the downtown area now. As soon as there's enough of us, we aim to move out and take more territory. Yeah, I reckon you better call off the other patrols, Digger. Yeah. So what's your name, Proby, and your job if you had one? Paul Oberlin. I was an engineering student at UT when the plague struck. I had a summer job as a garage mechanic, too. Hmm, you're lucky. George L. says to watch for college men. You might get a good assignment. Jim, take him over to that service station. There's some water and a razor in the office. See that he shaves. Oh, and give him your copy of the rules. I'll report this to HQ. Okay, Digger. See you when I get in. Here, Proby, read this. Know it. And Proby, report into the Esperson building on the 17th. That's inspection day. You don't show up, we'll come looking for you. All loose probies in town get shot. And don't shave again till you're too weaker. That way we can estimate how long you've been here. Can I have my shotgun back now? Uh-uh. Read the rules. No weapons for probies. Suppose I run into a dermy. Look, here's a whistle. Two bunch of short blasts and run like hell. We'll take care of the dermies. Well, come on, read the rules. There's some bottled water in the cooler there. Take a razor from the display. Any soap? Oh, come on. Fat chance. Just scrape it off, all right? This ain't for beauty, Proby. Can I scrounge wherever I want to? Well, there's a six-block square area down in the center of town. Can a Proby trade off work for food? Yeah, what kind of work? I'm a pretty fair mechanic. I could get some cars working. Yeah, there ain't no gas left. <laughs> what about diesel? I saw something fresh spilled under that delivery truck outside. Oh, that. We siphoned some out for flares a couple of nights ago. Tank's still half full, but the battery's gone. Some batteries in the service bay. Yeah, well, they're mostly dead, too. Tried a couple of them, but there's not enough juice to turn it over. Uh, I could... Look, forget it, Proby. Why don't you get used to walking? Okay, I'm done. How's that? Ah, it'll do. Now, read them rules. And get yourself into the proby zone by dark. Map's in the rule book, okay? Say, Jim. Yeah? What happens when you find a dermy? <laughs> You'll find out, proby. Yeah. Sure. Welcome all the persons of good health. Welcome to Houston, a bulwark of health in a stricken world and the leader of a glorious recovery. Signed, Dr. George L., Director, Committee for Public Safety. Let's see, applying for citizenship, probation period. Here we are. Disposition of non-citizens. All infected persons and other undesirables shall, upon discovery, be marched with utmost caution to a point no closer than three blocks to the currently existing perimeter, and there eliminated, and their bodies and possessions burned to prevent further contagion. Eliminate? This place ain't for me. Well, Truck, let's see what we can do for each other. Jim was right about the battery. Let's see what we can do about that. Now, if there's any juice in these old batteries at all, I can hook several up in series to charge one. Hot damn. Paul, old boy, you're in business. 
couple hours to build a charge, and you are out of here. There. Travel in style now. Down to Galveston. Little luck to find a boat and sail it somewhere where there's no people. Just fish and coconuts. Okay, checklist. Battery charged and hooked up. Filter tapped out and bled. Injectors bled off and tight. Got the tools in the back, along with the coveralls and that blanket. All set to hot wire and crank it up. Hey, hey, get her, boy. I see her. Come on. I got, we'll go get her. Stop. I'm warning you. No. Someone help. Me. Oh, what? All right, all right. Bring it on over. Please, no. Come on. Jim. Jim, what's going on? <laughs> oh, they got her. Who? The outsider. She a dermy? I don't know. Yeah. Gosh, she's cute little thing, though. She'd like to check her out for myself. You know all what right, I mean? All right, all right, sweet stuff. Now, don't make any sudden moves. Let me go. I haven't touched anyone. Let me be. Just behave yourself, girl. Now, you put your feet in them ropes. Easy now. Let me go. Okay, okay, boys. Okay, hold the, hold the rope tight now. Now, little lady, strip yourself down so you yeah. can see if you've been infected. Jim, Jim, what are they going to do to her? Oh, nothing, Cody. Well, unless she's a dermy. <laughs> well, just sit back and enjoy the show. No. No, no, no. We're not going to hurt you if you're clean. Now, take that dress off. Yeah. I'll shoot you right here. <laughs> oh, hell. She's a damn dermy. God, ain't that a waste of a good-looking woman? Gee. What are they going to do? Well, she could take the tramp out and shoot her. That's what. Hey, you want to come watch? What? Well, you ain't human. Hey, what the hell you think? Oh, give me that gun. Hey, I want to hear the gun. No, no, don't do that. Thank God. Help. Jump in the back. You damn dermy, you killed Miller. Let me in. Oh, God, let me in. In the back. In the back. Get in the back. (laughs) In, get in. Are you in? Damn. safe here. We're halfway to Galveston. Climb on out of the truck and stand where I can see you in the mirrors. No games. Should have better than help a damn dermy. Nothing but trouble. Get out here. Come on, lady. I saved your life. Least you can do is be cooperative. I'm hurt. Bullet. Where are you hit? My leg, back of my ankle. All right, all right, lie still. You try to touch me and I'll bring you. Touch you? If you'd just been shot, then bounced around in the back of a truck for hours, would you feel like enjoying anything? That's how you think of it. Enjoying yourself? There's a first aid kit in the cab. Wait here. All right. Paul, you prize fool. You don't have the sense God gave a mule. If you had any brains at all, you'd dump her out the back and get away from here. Let me take a look at your leg. 
Hurts hurt bad. You're a plucky kid. Gee, looks like the bullet missed the bone, but it's severed the Achilles tendon. I'm going to be crippled, aren't I? Oh, not crippled. If we get you to a doctor, anyway. Tendons can be sutured. Probably have your foot in a cast, though. You might get a stiff ankle from it. Here. I, I can't do this. Here's the medical kit. There's some peroxide and some betadine to clean it up. Go ahead. You're pretty. Shame you got the neuro down. <laughs> I mean it. I know. I, I owe you a lot. I, I don't know why you did it, but the thanks. It's okay. Really, I'm grateful. I just... I, I truly am. I won't touch you. I really won't. Not if you don't want me to. You all right? Uh, yeah. There. That gauze will keep it clean for a while. I'm awfully cold. That blanket all you have on? Oh, yeah, I forgot they took your clothes. Look back in the corner there. I found some coveralls in the station. They'll be big, but it's better than a blanket. Thanks. I'll, I'll move out of sight. I guess you'll leave me here. I can't. I meant to. But you can't survive gimped up like that. What then? We'll go on. You stay in back. I can hear you if you need anything. Sooner or later, we'll see some dermies. They'll take care of you. Maybe even find a dermy doctor to sew up that tendon. Thanks. I... I just... You gonna be okay? Yeah. This far out in the boonies, they're not afraid to show a little light. Could they help us? Not likely. You get within 50 yards of anyone out here, they're going to start shooting. Where are we? Coming up on the bridge to Galveston Island. You can just make it out. What's that dark thing? Where? I don't see it. Look out! Stop! You okay? But I'm all right. What the hell? A whole span is gone. Someone blasted the first 40 feet out of that damn bridge. Why? Who knows? Some new Dr. George L. starting another regime on the island. Or someone keeping islanders off the mainland. I don't know. What next? Can, can we go back? No. The front wheels went over the edge. We can't get it free. No way. I guess you're going to leave me here, huh? Yeah. You can't walk, and I can't carry you. We might swim to the island, but I doubt you could make it. I'd try. Wait. Wait. There's there's a boat moored under the bridge. Right down there. What makes you think so? It's the water lapping against the wood. Listen. Oh, I, f I forgot you're not... You're not hyper. I'm not what? Hyperacute. Sharp senses, you know, it, it's one of the symptoms. Really? I heard that, but I figured it was just... Hey, hey, you're right. There's a dinghy down there. Don't know how we could get you down, though. There, there's some rope in here. You think you could hold on to it while I lower you down to the boat? I could tie it on. Where's the rope? You, you want me to... No, don't touch it. Stay back now. Can you get out? Oh, yes. Now, 
to the railing. Good. It's not far. Careful. I'll make it. There. Good. Good. Now sit on the edge and tie this around. <laughs> you know, those coveralls are kind of large. You look like a kid in them. Got it tied? Yeah, I think so. Now let me brace myself so I can support you. There. Now roll off. Don't worry, I've got you. Thanks. How much lower? It's right below me. Just a few more feet. I'm running out of rope. When I say ready, let me drop. I'm not going to drop you. But you'll hurt yourself. Are you all right? Jesus. Kid. You all right, kid? Yeah. I'm okay. I'm sorry. I'm such a baby. No. No, no. You're doing great. Where's the oars for this thing? There's paddle under your seat. Tide's running. Current's going to help a lot. We'll be on the island in no time. You know anything about Galveston? I used to come here for the summer. I know little about it. Since your family? Yeah. From up in Dallas. My father was a salesman. What happened? And we got separated. A month or so ago. About a week before I got touched by the Derma farmer. <laughs> I hadn't thought of it like that. It's kind of funny in a way. Salesman's daughter done in by traveling farmer. <laughs> How did it happen? I was sleeping. Been walking a couple of days. I was heading here to Galveston, as a matter of fact. I took a nap under a hedge. And when I woke, he, he was right there. Old man just stroking my arms, kind of giggling. He ran off. If I'd had a gun, I'd have dropped him. But I know better now. What's your name? Willie. Willow, really. Uh, my daddy always called me Willie. A lot of people think it's short for Wilhelmina, but it's Willow. What's yours? Paul. Paul. <laughs> I like that. It's too bad you're... I mean, we're... Yeah. Say, you said uh, you were heading here. Why's that? To Galveston? Hmm. I heard someone say that a lot of nuns were coming to the island. I thought maybe they'd take me in. I heard Paul, how did this happen? What's it mean? The Durham? You remember the meteors? Yeah, last summer. I heard they had something to do with it. Space invaders or something like that. But there there were so many stories. You didn't know what to believe. And, and the government wouldn't talk. And then it was too late. Everything just kind of fell apart. Whatever they were, they weren't part of a regular meteor shower. The Perseids, the Leonids, like that. And they weren't solid like most meteors. One of the grad students in the department found one and cut it open in the machine shop. 
was full of ice, like frozen soup. What did he do with it? He was smart enough to be cautious, sealed it up, took it to the biology lab. There must have been thousands of the things. Lots of them must have been open. But where did they come from? I mean, what, what does it mean? I don't... Hey, it's shallow. We're almost into shore. I'll find some boards for you to use for crutches. There's a shed over there. Off, off to your right, up the bank. Gotcha. Back in a minute. Hey, look what I found. <laughs> we will borrow. Fantastic. <laughs> and where would Milady wish to be going this evening? <laughs> oh, James. <laughs> Willie, it might be safest if I left you in the shed here. It'll be shelter, and we'll keep you out of sight if I don't get back by morning. It's dark in here. I think there's an old lamp and some matches on that shelf by the door. Yeah, you're right. Got fuel, too. Paul, what's that smell? Wait a minute. I'll light a match. <gasps> Don't look at her, Willie. Look away. Sure did a job on herself with that shotgun. Don't worry. She's been dead a long time. She won't bother you. Here's a box of shells. That'll do some good if I can get that old scattergun free. I'll try to find a dermy somewhere. There was a medical school in Galveston. Maybe I'll get lucky and find a doctor, or at least someone who knows how to sew a tendon. This shotgun will help me get them out here. Did you find anything? No food. Just this bar of soap. It's better than nothing. What for? To wash you off me. I might have got too close. Won't do much good, but I'll feel better. Didn't do her much good, did it? Buckshot's the best antiseptic, all right. Well, I'm going now. I may not be back, but I'll send somebody. Paul. Don't worry. I will send somebody. Kitty, 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 kitty. <laughs> Must be some hope for Galveston if they haven't eaten all the pets yet. It's a nice night, ain't it? Huh? I said, nice night, isn't it? What you carrying the gun for? Been shooting rabbits? Yeah. You got any idea where I can find a doctor? Doctor? <laughs> you mean you don't know? Know what? I'm new here. New? Oh. Well, uh... Most of the priests down at St. Mary's were missionaries, and they's all doctors. Uh, why are you sick? No, no. There, there's a girl. Uh, I never mind. How do I get there? Are any of them dermies? <laughs> well, you are new, ain't you? They's all dermies, if you want to call us that. Well, I reckon I smell a non-hyper. <laughs> you ain't a hyper yet. Well, I never had a chance to, to touch a, a non-hopper. Stay back. Well, now. Stay back or I'll kill you. Don't worry about it, none. Well, now, the Padre says it's wrong, but you smell so... Ooh, I just... Ooh. Stay down. Oh, what 
you do that for? I wasn't going to hurt you. Now, where's St. Mary's? Is that one of the hospitals? Yeah, it's just it's straight on down Broadway. Down to Boulevard, Second Street. You'll see it. But I'm bleeding here. Get out. Get up. You can leave me there. Oh. You take me through any dermy traps, I swear I'll kill you. Ain't any traps. Right. What made you think I was another dermy? Because ain't no non-hypers here. Galveston's a hyper colony. A hyper colony? Galveston is a hyper colony? Well, yeah. Non-hyper used to drift in occasionally, but but the priests had the darn bridge dynamited. So you people upset the whole colony. <laughs> we upset the colony. <laughs> well, y'all still want to go to that hospital? Yeah, get moving. Okay. Well, see, as long as there ain't any of you around to smell, nobody causes any trouble. And during the day, there's a, a guard out on the causeway who keeps the non-hoppers out. And besides that, the bishop made a ruling against touching non-hoppers. He claims it's a sin. Then why'd you try and touch me? Well, I ain't so religious. Well, Sonny, you better get religious until we come to the hospital. When we get there, you go in and send out a dermy doctor. What? Tell him somebody wants to see him, but don't say I'm not a dermy. Well, that's it. There. That's your hospital. Okay. Go on in. And remember what I told you. try anything. What's wrong? Are you sick? The lad said there's a dermy girl down the island. She's been shot. Tendon behind her heel is severed. You're going to help her. Oh, of course. But you, a non-hyper, helping a, a, a dermy? So I'm a sucker. Now get what you need and come on. The good Lord bless you. Would you step behind the hedge and disrobe the young man? Then rub yourself thoroughly with this oil. Not likely. Don't worry. It's only an antiseptic and deodorant. Okay, set it down. You can ride in back, and you won't be infected. No one's been in there for several weeks. That's better. Your smell shouldn't be so much of a temptation to anyone now. You'll have to show me the way. Straight out Broadway. Well, what do you think of our plan here? What plan? Oh, didn't the boy tell you? We're trying to make the island a refuge for hypers who are willing to sublimate their craving and turn their attentions toward reconstruction. We're also trying to make an objective study of this neural condition. Dermy's trying to cure the plague? <laughs> I didn't say cure it, son. I said study it. Why? To learn how to live with it, of course. Things become evil only through human misuse. We bear this in mind when we study neuroderm. Leprosy is evil, I suppose, because man mistreated bacteria... You got me there. I'm no philosopher. But you can't compare neuroderm with leprosy. Hell, I can't. It's worse. Oh, suppose you tell me what makes it worse. List the symptoms for me. Well, the skin's discolored, low fever, hallucinations, and that insane craving to infect others. Of course, people don't die of it, but what's worse, insanity or death? Would you call me insane? It's true that victims have frequently lost their minds, but that's not a direct result of the neuroderm. 
Tell me, how would you feel if everyone screamed and ran when you approached or hunted you down like a criminal? How long would your sanity last? Uh, but the craving and the hallucinations. True, the hallucinations. Tell me something else. If the whole world was blind save one man, wouldn't the world be inclined to call that man's sight an hallucination? And the man might even come to agree with the world. I can't argue. You probably think they're real. And the craving. We're not sure how that works, but the disease seems to stimulate erotic sensations in the hands. What else have you discovered? <laughs> You'd call me a crazy dermy if I tried to tell you. You wouldn't believe me. Hey, hey, take this right. That's it. See the lamplight in the window? I'll wait out here. You see, Willie? I brought him back. Father, what's wrong? Is she... Is Willie... She's irrational, almost less than sane. Some of it may be due to high fever, but... But what? She tried to kill herself with a knife. Said something about buckshot being the best way or something. Oh, no. Willie. Wrists cut a little. She was too weak to do a real job of it. I've given her a tetanus shot. We're out of penicillin. It's my fault. Don't think that. You saved her life. No. Willie, I'm sorry. You love the girl, don't you? Are you crazy? Love a little tramp dermy Jesus. Listen, please. Listen. Will she be all right? I don't know, son. If we'd gotten to her sooner, she'd have been safer. And if she was in the ultimate stages of neuroderm, it would help. Why? You'll know someday. Listen, you look exhausted. Why don't you come back to the hospital with us? We keep a sterile room up on the third floor in case we get a non-hyper case. You can sleep there. No one else on the floor. Then nuns on the floor below. I'll guarantee that you won't be bothered. No, I I've got to go. I do appreciate it, though, Father. Whatever you wish. I'm sorry, though. You might be able to provide yourself with some kind of transportation if you waited. No, uh no. -uh. I don't mind telling you your island gives me the willies. Why? Well... You still feel the craving, don't you? The urge to touch is still there to some extent. And, and in a moment of weakness, somebody might... Young man, I have taken certain vows. Sometimes I feel desire, but by sublimating that urge, the priest rechannels the energy towards more useful goals. By the way, she was asking for someone named Paul. Know who it might be? Family, perhaps? Father Wade. Yes? I, I am a little tired. The room. I mean, will you show me where to get transportation tomorrow? Certainly. What? Yes? Oh. Oh, my. Excuse me. I'm sorry, sir. I, I knew there was a patient here, but I didn't know you weren't a hyper. Forgive me. Your breakfast's on the tray. Breakfast? My God. Coffee. Hot food. Mm -mm. May I come in? Father Men... It's Mendelhaus. Father Mendelhaus. Morning. So you were Paul. She's awake then. Want to see her? No. I I've got to be going. It would do her some good. Well, it wouldn't do me any good. 
I've been around too many of you people already. Let's go. The young lady's still not fully rational, and there's some fever. It wouldn't have been anything to worry about a few months ago, but now we're out of most of the latest drugs. I really don't know. Okay, Father, I'll see her. You don't have to. I'm sorry if I implied any obligation on your part. I gather that you saved her life. Very few non-hypers would have done Where that. is she? Just down this hall. Follow me. Non-hyper coming. Plug your noses or get out of the way. Avoid temptation. Jeez, I feel like a leper. She's in here. Hi, Willie. Paul, they've got me in a cast. You'll be all right. It won't be long before you'll be up. Galveston's a good place for you. They're all dermies here. God. God, I hope I never hear that word again. After last night, it... That old woman in the rocking chair. The wind had start the chair rocking and... I... Oh, I'd rather die than touch anybody now after seeing that. Somebody touched her, didn't they, Paul? That's why she did it, wasn't it? Really? I'm sorry for what I said. I mean... Don't worry, Paul. I wouldn't touch you now. These hands. I loathe myself. Get well quick, Willie. Paul? 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 That was quick. Where can I get a car? A car? I was just speaking to Brother Matthew about that. How would you like to have a small yacht instead? A yacht? <laughs> a yacht would be perfect. Fantastic. Good. There's a small craft in dry dock down at the basin. I took the liberty of asking Brother Matthew to find some men and get her in the water. Dermies? The boat will be fumigated, but it isn't really necessary. It'll take a while to get the boat ready, of course. Tomorrow. Next day, maybe. A boat. Get clear of the land... Away from me. <sighs> You're still afraid of us. Very well. Come with me. There's someone I want you to see. Where are we? This is our laboratory. Don't worry about touching things. It's sterile. Yes, but it's not sterile for your convenience. And it won't be sterile at all if you don't stay out. Beat it, preacher. This is Dr. Seavers of Princeton, Paul. Claims he's an atheist, but personally, I think he's a Puritan. Doctor, this is the young man I was telling you about. Would you tell him what you know about Neuroderm? Why don't you just give it to him and let him find out for himself? What? Don't frighten him, you heretic. I brought him here to be illuminated. Illuminate him yourself, priest. I'm busy. And stop calling me names. I am a biochemist, not a heretic. I've had enough. I'm leaving. Bear with us, Paul. Dr. Seavers. All right. Sit down, young man. I'll illuminate you as soon as I get through counting free nerve endings on this piece of skin. The good doctor calls it masochism when we observe a fast day or do penance, and yet there he sits ripping off patches of his own hide to look at through his peeping glass. Masochism? Huh. Get out, preacher. I'll be upstairs when you're through, Paul. A nice bunch of people, really, these black frock yahoos. If they just stop trying to convert me. Dr. Seavers, perhaps I better just... Quiet, you bother me, and sit still. I can't stand to have people running in and out of here. You're in, now stay in. Mm, it checks. Mm. It checks again. 40% increase. 
What checks? Here, on my arm. Two weeks ago, this area was normal. I took a centimeter of skin from right next to this one and counted the nerve endings. Since that time, the derms crept down over the area. I took another patch today and recounted. 40% increase. You did what? Third time I've checked it. You're saying that... You're a non-hyper, aren't you? Yes, yes, I can smell you are vile, really. I can't understand why sensible hypers would want to paw you. But then I've insured myself against such foolishness. You've done what? How? What I said. When I first caught it, I simply sat down and located the spots on my hands which gave rise to a pleasurable sensation. And then I burned them out with an electric needle. Not many of them, really. One or two per square centimeter. Up here. Uh, take a look. I didn't want to be bothered with such silly urges, waste of time chasing non-hypers. <laughs> mm, stubborn little critters keep growing new ones. Hold on a minute. Are you trying to tell me that the plague causes new nerve cells to grow? Oh, yes. <laughs> you came here to be illuminated, as the Padre puts it. Before I illuminate you, I want to make an impossible request. Yes, sir. I ask you to be completely objective. Forget you ever heard of neuroderm. Rid yourself of all your preconceptions. Pretend that we are talking of purely hypothetical events. But it always embarrasses me to ask for that kind of cooperation when I know damn well I'll never get it. I'll try to be objective, sir. <laughs> right. Assume a planet, a somewhat Earth-like but not quite. Carboniferous life forms, somewhat intelligent but not human. Warm-blooded, probably. And the planet has something else. It has an abundance of parasitic forms. Actually, the various forms of parasite are the dominant species. The warm-blooded animals are the parasite's vegetables, so to speak. Okay. Now, during eons of survival contests between parasite species, some are quite likely to evolve some curious adaptive mechanisms, uh, ways of ensuring their food supply. The animals survive. Now tell me, youngster, what mechanism did man develop to secure his vegetables, his food supply? Agriculture? Certainly. Man is a parasite, as far as vegetables are concerned. But he learned to eat his cake and have it, too. He learned to perpetuate the species which he devoured. A very remarkable idea, if you stop to think about it. Very. I don't see what this has to do with him. Now. Now suppose that one microparasite learned through long evolutionary processes to stimulate regrowth in the animal tissue they devoured. Quite an advancement, huh? Go on. But it's only a first step. It lets the host live longer, though not pleasantly, I imagine. The growth control would be clumsy at first. Soon, though, all parasite species either learned to do it or died out. Makes sense. Now, the parasite which kept its host in the best physical condition had a better chance of survival. Uh, scientific farming, you might say. Uh, first, all sorts of weapons for their hosts. Horns, claws, fangs, stingers, poison throwers. We can only guess. Eventually, one group of parasites hit upon what? Say it. The, the nervous system. That's right. The nervous system. It was probably an unsuccessful parasite at first, because nerve tissue grows very slowly. 
and it's a long stretch of evolution between a microspecies which could stimulate nerve growth and one which could direct and utilize that growth to the host's advantage and for its own. But at last, after a long struggle, our little species gets there. It begins sharpening its host senses, building up complex senses from less developed receptors, and finally increasing the host's intelligence within limits. But how? Such parasites would naturally pick the species with the highest native intelligence. With the extra boost, this brainy animal quickly beats down its own enemies and puts itself in much the same position as man here on Earth. Lord of the beasts, divine right to run the place and all that. Now understand, it's the animal who's become intelligent, not the parasite. The parasites are operating on complex, instinctive patterns, not unlike a hive of bees. Oh, they're wonderful neurological engineers, but it's pure, blind instinct. That's all wild guesswork, of course. Well, there's some guesswork, but none of it's wild. You see, there's supporting evidence. They sent a message. A message? Sure. I'll show you. On second thought, perhaps you'd better show yourself. There's a meteorite on that shelf. Uh, take it down. Oh, don't worry. It's sterile. Now, now tell me what you find. Uh, almost perfect gray metal sphere. Steel, maybe, but it's lighter in weight than I would expect. Hollow, eight, nine inches in diameter, some scorching and pitting. From friction with the Earth's atmosphere, I suppose? Yes. yes. What else? Look closely by your thumb. Hmm. A line. That's where it's been cut open. No. Using that as an equator, put a hand on each pole and twist. My God! It twists apart. And there's another fitted inside. And a third. Now take out the second shell, the hard, thin one between the softer protecting shells. I don't see any message. There's a small bottle of iron filings in that drawer by your knee. Sift some powder over the sphere. Carefully now. Son of a gun. It, it looks like a globe. A map. That's what we thought at first, too. And then we looked more closely using that finer dust. If you look at the lines through a good reading glass, you can just see that they're rows of symbols, pictographs. And you've made it out? Some. Enough to guess what I've just told you. It would have been more, but most of the ones we had gotten had been treated rather rudely, battered or taken to a machinist to cut open on a lathe. Our curiosity is rather ape-like. What exactly do the patterns say, Doctor? I've told you some of it. History, origins, and that. We pieced together the reasons for sending the spheres out, too. Their sun was about to go nova. They worked out a theoretical space drive, but couldn't fuel it adequately to save themselves, so they cultured up a batch of their parasite benefactors and fired them like charges of buckshot at various stars. You mean they weren't aiming at the Earth in particular? No, just one of several blind shots. A last-ditch stand against extinction. Symbolic, to be sure, but a noble gesture as far as they were concerned. A giving away of part of their souls, like a man writing his will and leaving his last worldly possessions to some unknown species beyond the stars. Doctor, doctor, I... Imagine them standing there, watching the projectiles being fired out towards deep space. There goes their inheritance 
to an unknown heir, the little creatures that brought them up from beasthood. You can see them turn away and silently go back to wait for their collapsing sun to reach the critical point. They've left their last mark, a dark and uncertain benediction to the cosmos. You actually regard this thing as desirable. I didn't say it's desirable. I simply pointed out that the creatures who sent it saw it as desirable. Maybe they just didn't care. Of course they cared. Their error was expecting that we would open it as they would have done. They never considered that a being could be both brash and intelligent. They meant for us to read the warning on the shelves before. Warning. Yes, warning. This one group of oversized symbols marks all the spheres. Finder creatures, it says. You who destroy your own. If you do this, then go no further. The contents will only help to destroy you. Dr. Severs, what do you think will happen now? To the world, I mean. I saw a baby born yesterday. Not the first. It was fully covered with neuroderm. It has some new senses, too. Small pores in the fingertips with taste and olfactory cells. What? Also a nodule above each eye, insensitive to infrared. Oh, no. If our grandchildren, if man's still on the earth by then, may perhaps taste analyzed substances by touch or see a warm radiator in a dark room. And there's more. Ultraviolet perception, perhaps. The rats I've infected are sensitive to it. But there's a hitch. If man intends to keep fighting with his fellows, the parasite will help him to do a better job of that, too. Well, son, you're illuminated now. What do you intend to do? What can anyone do except run, isolate myself from this insanity? Intend taking the condition with you? Take? Are you crazy? That's what I thought. These last three days here, I, I can't thank you enough. I wish there was something I could do in return. There is one thing. What's that? The young lady's been asking for you. How is she? Over the crisis, I think. Infection's down. Nervous condition not so good. Deep depression. We've got her up on crutches a bit. Seems to help her to get out of the room, but uh, sometimes she gets a little hysterical. You're the focus of it, I'm afraid. Sometimes she gets the idea that she touched you. Then sometimes she raves about how she wouldn't do it. I can't help that. She's asleep now. When she's awake, she's dazed. Combined effects of pain, shock, infection, guilt, fright. She thinks you're avoiding her. It's the plague that I'm avoiding, not her. You're talking to me, aren't you? It's rather late, Father. You must be anxious to be off tomorrow. Works down on your vessel. If the rain stops by dawn, there should be time to launch her. I'll be glad to go. Will you? At any rate, I expect you'll be glad to have me out of here. No, Paul. We'll miss you. Can't say as we'll miss that shotgun of yours, though. Willie will miss you, too. I can't stay, Father. Well, I will leave you to your plans. Your candle's burning low. Would you like another? No, Father. I'm ready to get some sleep. 
Long day tomorrow. Good night, my son. Good night, Father. And Father, thank you again. You, your people here, you've meant a great deal to me. You're welcome, Paul. Good night. The vessel is repaired. How is she? She is ready. How is she? She is ready. Look at your hand. The glass. Look with the glass. Swirls and furrows. Ridges. Sprouting neurons. Tiny farmers tending gray soil. No! She is ready. Here the ocean. Graceful craft. What will you call her? Willow. Pretty name. Graceful like trees in the wind. Beautiful. Willow. Paul. Willie. Dearest. Your skin is cool. Your skin is soft. I've been waiting. Hmm. Waiting. What? <gasps> Who's there? <laughs> ah! Ah, my gun! God damn! My gun! Who's there? Matches. Where? Where are the matches? Paul! Paul, I'm coming in. What on earth? Safety, damn you! You guaranteed my safety. I had a prowler. I think I've been touched. Dear Mother of God. Mother Superior! Make an inspection of the sisters' quarters. If any of them... Father, father, the injured girl, she's not in her bed. She's gone. Willie. Search the building for her. What can I do to disinfect myself? Someone please get Dr. Seavers. I'm here. What's all the noise? What's going on? Have you got any disinfectants? Disinfectants? For what? Father, the girl's not anywhere in the building. My God. The ocean. I've got to go. No, Paul. You're not going to. Not me. Willie! 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 Willie, no! No, stay back from the surf! Willie! Oh, thank God! Paul, I did it, Paul. It was like a dream at first, but then you, you shouted and I just. Oh. But, but, Paul, I. Come here. Now, Willie, you wet, beautiful, sandy, gray lady, let me carry you back to that hospital. We've new senses to learn, together, new world to explore, and first we've got to get you healed up. There's a boat waiting for us, you and me. Our cast for this episode featured Bob Hess as Paul and Rosemary Roundtree as Willie. Father Mendelhaus was played by Jerry Haynes and George Latchford was Dr. Seavers. Other voices were by David Roth and Gene Evans. The original story, Dark Benediction, was written by Walter M. Miller, Jr. and adapted for sci-fi radio by Douglas R. Frazier. 
Our director was John O. Williams. All music and sound effects were created by Ron DiUlio. The series producers are Kevin Singer and Ron DiUlio. Support for this program has been provided by a grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. This is James Edward Kerr inviting you to join us soon for our next venture into the imaginary worlds of sci-fi radio. Thanks for stopping by. Remember to tell a friend about Roy's Diner and send us a review next time you have a chance. We bring new episodes every Wednesday and Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. We're a proud part of the 1001 Stories Network, heard worldwide with listeners numbering in the millions. We hope you stop by again soon. Thanks for being with us.